Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. I said earlier, uh, today we're going to continue on with a little bit of that expectation uh, theme because it wasn't, like I said, not just an expectation from us or an expectation from India, but in the Bible, there's a lot of expectation. And today we're going to be looking in uh, Exodus and going through just real quick. I know we got, we got a lot of time, right? We're going to do 40 years of the Israelites' history today. So if you guys would just buckle up, I think they may have put, they didn't put the snacks underneath the seats. We're going to be fine. It's great. We got juice boxes maybe later. We really don't have any of that. Don't <laughs> anyway. But uh, I want to look at uh, continuing this, this series that Pastor Joe has been preaching about into the wilderness. And today we're talking about possessing the land. And if you, you most of you would know that the Israelites were given a promise, right? Like many of you guys have been given a promise. You've prayed, you've asked God, and he said, this is what I'm going to do in your life, or this is what I'm going to do for you, and this is how I'm going to use you. But it doesn't always happen right away. And he had given them a promise to get the land. And, and, and today we're going to look at how did they possess that land, and how did they go through that wilderness to get there. And so I want to open with talking about uh, Moses. And we've talked about him a number of times already today, which is incredibly encouraging to me. Uh, but Moses was a unique guy, you know, kind of like what David was talking about earlier. We have a lot of characters that have shown their bad side and shown their good side. And, and we, we know well that Moses had a little anger issue. And when he had that anger issue and he killed that man, he went off and he had spent 40 years in the wilderness, right? 40 years getting himself right and doing all this, this stuff and finding his wife and, 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 and away from where he wanted to be. And along that way, he, he came to the burning bush that we talked about earlier, and he heard God's voice, and God told him to come back and to set the people free, right? We've, we've all, Bible studies, Sunday school, it's a very common, common, common story. And he came back, and we, we know the plagues, and we're not talking about the plagues today, but the plagues came, and everything came to talk to Pharaoh to set his people free, and then the day came when they finally relented, and they finally said, yes, you can go. And so the, verse, the first verse I want to read with you guys today, and I'll have the reference on the screen, is, is in Exodus uh, 14, 15, and 16. And then we're going to jump down to verses 21 and 22. And in verse 15 it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. And this is when they come to the Red Sea. They're leaving, and they're getting out, and, and they hear the people coming for them. Like, it's, it's bad news. Raise your staff. And stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And you get down to verse 21. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it to dry, into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and, and a wall of water on the left. Kind of like our icebergs here. Only ours are frozen. And they're real. And, and global warming took part of it out. But it's okay. So they get to the Red Sea. And just imagine yourself there. When I read these stories, because I've been taught them so many times, I have to put myself in that situation. And they knew who Moses was. And they knew that he was this great man of God. But now they've got an issue. 
And all of a sudden, you might start questioning your leader when you get to problems. You get to issues, and, and it's getting tough. And they've got people coming behind them. They can see them coming. They can hear them coming. And they're coming for them. And there's this big old water in front of them. It's a problem. Apparently, they didn't take the swim lessons. I don't know what happened, but like, they've got to get across, and they've got to get across fast. And Moses prays, and he believes. And all of a sudden, he just takes his staff, and he holds it over the water and trusts God. And what's God do? Starts parting the water. Just imagine standing there and watching that happen. I've never seen anything like that. I would love to see something like that, especially when I'm not catching, because some of those fish were probably there, and I could just scoop them up. And I, Shane knows. I don't catch fish. I just go fish. And Shane catches them for me, and I eat them. But, like, they had dry ground. It wasn't just enough to, to separate the water, but it was dry ground. We live in South Louisiana. I don't even know what dry ground is. I step out in my yard, and I sink about a foot. Like, we don't have dry ground. And God did this, in, like, overnight. It says he spread it out, and they had a wall of water on both sides. They were probably walking and able to see some fish and, and wildlife in the water, which it, it'd be like going to the, the, the zoo and, and just, you know, seeing. He's probably like, come, come on. They're coming. Get moving. Like, God did it, but it's time to move and time to go. And it reminds me when I first started in the ministry, and uh, I asked Chris to bring me a baseball bat because I want to make sure you guys listen. But uh, <laughs> he brought me this baseball bat because I remember when I first came into ministry and uh, I was an intern at a church in Tampa, Florida, and I didn't have any title. I was the intern. What I did was whatever they told me to do. And uh, it was a lot of stuff that wasn't awesome. But one day, the pastor came to me and he, he handed me a baseball bat, and I was worried because I didn't know what he was going to do with the baseball bat. And he said, get in my car. We got in the car and we started driving. We got to this park. And we just talking. He didn't really tell me. He said, we're going to go meet some kids there. I'm like, pastor, like, I don't know what I signed up for. You got a baseball bat. We're meeting kids. Like, what are you about to do? I can't, I can't go to jail. And uh, so he had the baseball bat. And he said, just carry the baseball bat and come with me. And he wouldn't really give me a lot of details. And we walked in, and it was this park. And we came to some picnic tables and set up at the picnic tables. And, and a bunch of junior high kids just showed up and started surrounding us. It was kind of the weirdest thing. And he knew that we were going to be there, obviously. it set it up. And he said, now take the baseball bat, and we're going to play a game with the kids. And how many of you guys have done the dizzy bat relay, right? You put it down, I'm not going to do it because I'll fall off the stage. But you put your forehead on it, you spin around ten times, and then you've got to run, touch the cone or whatever, and come back, and the next guy goes and does it. And so that's what we did, and we, we played with that baseball bat for a little while. We got all the kids kind of queasy and dizzy and all that. And then, then he decided, okay, we're, now we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about the gospel. And he preached a lesson, and he talked about... What path does God have you on? I can still remember. This has been 16, 17 years ago. Sunshine doesn't even remember. I talked to her last night. What path does God have on you? And he said, sometimes when you try to go on your own strength, your path is all over the place. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. Like, he's got illustrations. He's got baseball bats. Like, this guy's amazing. And, and he preached it. But all I did was carry the bat. That's all I did. And that, and that wasn't even necessary. I just came. And you look at the story of Moses and, and what he did here with the Israelites. The Israelites didn't do anything. The priests didn't do anything. They were just along for the ride. When it came, push came to shove, that water needed to be separated. Moses took that staff, he held it out, and God did the rest. One man, one person, moving them forward on, on their path. And it continues on. The Israelites go on this journey, right? And they're going to the promised land, and they're heading towards it and doing all this stuff with Moses as the leader. 
But it wasn't until 40 years later. See, there was your 40 years. You guys are okay. You're off the hook. We just did 40 years. 40 years later, it came time and Moses was gone. But before Moses passed, he had sent some spies into that promised land, didn't he? Sent 12 spies. And just two came back and believed that God would do what he said that he would do. And one of those, one of those men was, was Joshua. And he really trusted that God had spoke to Moses that Moses was leaving. He saw Moses do it. I think everybody else forgot. He saw Moses split the Red Sea. Everybody else forgot. And Joshua said, I'm going to serve this man. And he served him for 40 years. That's a long time. I'm creeping up on that big 40 years on this planet. That's a long time to serve one man, to serve one ministry. He never tried to take over, never tried to be the man. He served him. And after those 40 years, Moses passed on and the, and the leadership, the mantle got passed to uh, Joshua. And Joshua took that mantle and believed in God and, and never gave up on that promise that God had given the people. Never wavered, never stopped, and he knew now it was time to take another step forward. Because God never wants us to just sit still and be complacent. He wants us to keep on moving. And when he got the leadership and he got the authority, he stepped in and he said, now it's time. He had seen him cross the Red Sea now they had to cross the Jordan. And they came to the Jordan, and, and in Joshua 3, verses 9 through 15, if you want to read along with me, it says, Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among the Lord your God. This is how, uh, this is how you know that the, Lord, the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you your enemies. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry in the ark of the Lord, uh, the Lord of all the earth, set foot on the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp across the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing, piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam, while the water flowing down the, the sea of Arabah was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So it's interesting, and probably, I know I said our water represented these, these are probably more of a heap than just a stop. So these are probably closer to this water, but God did it again, but he did it a little differently. And the first time you had Moses alone, God said, you hold out your rod and I'll do the work. It wasn't enough now just for Joshua, the leader, the person that was in charge, the person that God had set there and given the vision and given the authority and the mantle to lead these people. It wasn't enough for him to just step into that Jordan and have it stop. God said, go and choose 12 men. Choose your leadership team. Get one from each tribe so that every person is represented. And have them come with you and take the Ark of the Covenant, which represents my presence. And all of you step in the Jordan together. And when those, those men stepped into that water, again, God showed up. And he stopped up the water. And they crossed on dry ground. See, God, God wanted people more involved in his plan as they went along. He didn't ask people to get less involved. He didn't ask people to go away and do something else. He continued to get more people involved as they got close to what God had promised them. I want to show you a real quick video. 
It's really poor shot video. This is before cell phones. All you teenagers out there, there was a time. And uh, this, was, this was when uh, I was in... Go ahead. being held back is me, by the way. So look, I show you that, we can, we can go to the next slide, but um, that's a video from when we were doing FCA meetings at Lado High School in Tampa, Florida. This is a few years later after I had been serving at that church and, and coming on as the middle school pastor. We couldn't do those assemblies by ourselves. The pastor who, who had given me the opportunity to come with him and minister to some middle school kids was still the pastor. And he was still the one giving us the permission to go and do this ministry to the high schools and stuff. But the, the youth pastor, the head youth pastor was there. The uh, club leader from the school was a, a, a young boy named William Martinez, and uh, he was a Cuban kid that got saved in our youth group and got so excited about Jesus. Nobody told him that some people don't want to hear about Jesus, and so he told everybody about Jesus. And, and you saw that that was in the gymnasium. This was a volunteer thing. Nobody was forced to come. We had 600 students from the school that would come to our FCA meeting because William, just because of William, he'd go to every kid's locker and say, you must come to, you must come to FCA, you must come to FCA, and he, and he just wouldn't take no for an answer. And we got 600 people to where they had to give us a gymnasium in the middle of the school day. And so William was there, and we had to have a, a club sponsor from the school. And so we had a, a gentleman named Henny Schoeman that was from South Africa that came, and he was our sponsor, and, and he would talk and, and do stuff. And, and we had a guy named Urban D that was a rapper that would come in and rap and preach. And I was the guy with long hair, and I was the Oogum Boogum guy. And I had to act like a caveman and then get them to do crazy stuff. And then when they jumped down, they saw the kid jump and get like not so excited. It's because we put a wet sponge underneath them and not so excited anymore. But it was a fun game and it, got, it was an icebreaker, but it took the entire team for us to be able to reach that school. Now, not all 600 kids came to our youth group. Not all 600 kids started coming to our, our uh, church, but they all heard Jesus and they all moved forward and we couldn't have done it alone. And God wanted more of us involved and what was going on at Real Life Church. And God continued to move us forward and continued to, to move us toward the promises that he had given. Shortly after the scripture that we just read there where they crossed the Jordan, it came time for the Israelites to start possessing the land. And Jericho was right on the other side of this, uh, this, this river and they were going towards that. And it's another story that we've all heard 
but we're going to read it a little bit of it here in, in Joshua 6, verses 2 through 5. It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its, its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpet. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the walls will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. It no longer was enough to just have a strong leader. Israel had a strong leader. They had multiple strong leaders. And they had done great things. And they had saw many miracles. And they had saw God's presence go in front of them and, and day and night and do all these amazing things. It wasn't enough. And then it came time, it wasn't enough just to have the priest and the, the select men from the tribe, the leadership, to do it. Now it was time to get more people involved. God wanted everybody involved. And he said, I need Joshua, I need the priest, and I need all of the armed men. Sunshine and I enjoyed our time in Tampa, not just because it was Florida and we had access to the beach, but we saw God do a lot of incredible things in the, in the six plus years that we were there. During that time, God gave us a lot of opportunities. We got to pray with a lot of students and a lot of people, and God did amazing things. But the day came when God said, your training is done. I want you to go to Louisiana. We never thought. Louisiana was never on our radar. Never, ever, ever, ever on our radar. But we said, yes, Lord, that's where we're going. And he sent us to this little place that I've talked about before called Galliano. It's, it's, it's a great vacation spot. They have amazing hotels, and you can, they don't have any of that, but they got to buy you. And uh, they sent us to Galliano, and we lived in a single-wide trailer that was as old as my parents. And um, we ministered there for a year and a half, and, and I thought I had this thing figured out. I thought, God, you've shown me a lot. We have 100 kids coming to our youth service in a church of about 150 Every Wednesday night, we are the hot thing. People are coming to Jesus. They're excited. Man, we are doing it. And he said, you're about to do it. And he sent us to a little church, about 30 people, and we had one kid in our youth group. That poor little kid had to hear me preach a message the first Wednesday because I was ready. I had the lights. I had the sound. And he was getting the whole message. He never came back. <laughs> he never came back. I, I asked for forgiveness, and I, I, he probably found a better church down the road. And, but we, we saw God do some things, and, and he opened doors and forced us to continue getting more involved in what his plan for our life was. Because I thought I knew his whole plan for my life, and I didn't. And he started opening doors, and I remember when our pastor went on vacation for the first time. I'd served in churches where there was multiple men and women that could preach the gospel, and this church was small. The pastor said, I'm going on vacation. I said, okay, great. Have a, have a good time. He's like, no, no, no. You're preaching on Sunday. I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm the youth pastor. Like, I don't think you understood. Like, the job description says youth, and these people are not youth. And he said, it's not a request. Like, it's, it's an order. Like, you're going to preach, or you can get another job. And so I preached, and it was tough. And I thought I had that. And then the kids pastor was out, and I taught kids church. And then our worship team leader stopped being the worship team leader. And guess what? I was leading worship from behind the drums. Try that. That's Tommy's done it. Like, it's not, it's not easy to do and put a team together. I had a guitar player that was missing a pinky. He couldn't even play all the, I mean, I'm not joking. He couldn't get all the chords, but he did what he could do. So the guitar players understand. We just, we had what we had. But as God moved me from there, moved us to Baton Rouge and moved us to here, 
God's never once said, Travis, stop getting involved. Step back. I want you less involved in my plan for your life. Now, one time has God done it. And I found it interesting because I've read these stories a million times, right? Most of us have, have at least a, a knowledge of them. But I've never connected the path that God did with the Israelites over the, the span of 40 years. That he showed them and he, and he had Moses do it by himself. And then he brought people along, the leadership, when, when, it, when it changed to Joshua and he had them do it together. And then they went to Jericho and they were all involved. So we're called to possess the land. Maybe God hasn't called you to an actual Canaan or, or, or a specific land to possess, but God's called you to something. He's called you to something. Now I've been here, I've been blessed to be here at this church for almost five years now, and God's called this church to a lot of things. God's called us to Youngsville. God's called us to Lafayette, Maurice, and the surrounding area of Broussard, all the, all the areas around here, Acadiana, not just to be a church that sets it at 3555 Barrow School Road. But he's called us to get involved with the promises that he has for this church. Pastor Tommy did a lot of great things for 22 years and continues to do great things. And he took us a long way on this journey. And I've heard his heart and I've cried with him and I've, I've heard the things that God has said he's going to do with this body. Pastor Joe and Shannon have been with us for over six years, and they've heard the heart and cried and said and drank great coffee and done all these things, but we've heard what God's going to do. It's time to possess the land. It's time to get more involved. We have to find out what our part is in that. I have to find what my part I'm freaking out here because I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to myself. I just did BBS for two days. I preached on or we did service on Wednesday. We preached on Thursday. I'm teaching a YMI class tomorrow. Then Wednesday's coming back around. We got Live in Bethlehem meetings coming up. I got the, I'm going to meet with the girls again on Thursday. Like, but God's saying, get more involved. I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. I don't know where you're going to get the time, but I'm going to do it. You're going to figure it out. That's how we felt in India. How are we going to do it? Like, look, I, I sat and looked at Pastor Tommy in the hotel room, and he's like, this people in Chennai that wants to come preach at the church. I'm like, Pastor Tommy, we're done. We're done. We did our stuff. And he said, well, we got one more. Doesn't sound like him at all, does it? We got one more. And we went and did the one more, and God showed up and spoke to those pastors and spoke to their heart because they were broken and they were ready to quit. And if we would have said no, I don't know. They may not be pastoring anymore. They were that close. They're broken. And you could feel the oppression when you walked in. We didn't know what it was. But once the word came, we knew. And so my challenge to you guys, and I'm going to ask Rebecca to come up and play a song for us. What, what promises has God spoken over your life? What are those promises? If you don't know, I want, you to, I want to challenge you to go and get on your knees and ask God what the promises for your life are. Because he has them for you. And if you haven't written them down, I, I would encourage you to get a notebook and start writing them down. Because we're quick to forget. But just opening a page of a notebook and seeing what God's promised us can be encouraging and keep you going on that rainy day. That day when you want to quit. That day when you need a pastor from America to come to your church and preach a message just so you can continue on. And what are the promises that God's given to this church? And how are we supposed to get involved with that? That's what I'm asking God. There's a lot of hurting people in this community. 
that need Jesus desperately. We're not a country club. I don't want to be a country club. I'm not interested in that. I want to be a hospital. I want to be a lighthouse. I want to go out in the community. I want to, I want to bring God to them. Maybe they come and become part of our family and we love that. Maybe they go someplace else. But if they can find Jesus, then I'm fine. That's what I want. I want to speak to that river and tell it to stop. Because I got to go over there. That's where God told me to be. But there's a river. Huh? He's going to move it because I got to go there. People chasing me. I got to go there. That's what God told me. That's what he promised me. When I came to this church, God gave me a small vision when I was in Tampa. Small, small vision. And he showed me, it's the dumbest thing. He showed me a roll-top metal door like the one back there in the cafe area. He said, you're going you're gonna to youth pastor at a church with that. Okay. I'm going I'm to I'm youth pastor in a garage someplace. That's what I thought. It looked like a garage door. I'm like, man, I'm starting a home church. And when I came here, four years before I came on staff, we came here for an event. And, and at the time, the youth room was set up with that was the backdrop to where you preached. And I saw that door, and I was like, there's the door. There's the door. That's my promise. Now, I didn't go home and tell my pastor, hey, I'm quitting. I found the door, man. Like, it's in Youngsville. Sorry. But I asked God, I said, what, what are you doing with that? Little did I know, four years, three and a half years, whatever it was later, that this is where God would have me. That was the promise God gave me. And he kept true on it. I had to wait almost six years for that promise. What have you been setting on for six years? What's been in your heart for six years? So if you would stand with me, I'm not going to pray right now, but what I want you guys to do is I want you to spend a little bit of time in worship. I'm going to have Rebecca sing this song here. And you can sing, and you can sing the song if you want. I'd really like you to spend some time seeking God and ask Him, what is it that you need me to change to get closer to your plan and my, and my purpose, your purpose for my life? What is it in my life that I need to do now? What's that next step that I need to do so that I can possess the land that you promised me? So that I can step into the promises that you've given me for my life as the creator of this universe, what is it you need me to step into now? What river do you need me to cross? What army do you need me to defeat? What people do you need me to go out and reach now? And let's get a battle plan together. And let's possess the land. Let's spend some time in worship and then we'll close with prayer again. <laughs>
I want to be a part of it happening. Lord, it's so exciting to see you move, Lord. I saw, I've seen things in my life that I never thought I would see. Lord, why did I sacrifice money and time for my family to go to India? Because I wanted to see you move in those people when you did. I wanted to see you reach the hurting when you did. I wanted to see you change communities when you did. God, I want to see you do it here too. I pray your blessing upon each person in this place. Lord, give them a boldness, Lord, an authority to walk out your plan for their life. Lord, that we would see great testimonies come out of this body. Lord, not just those that are here in this, in this sanctuary today, Lord, but all of those that are connected to us, those that are our family. Lord, let us dream big. Lord, let us see your vision. Lord, let us step out boldly and accomplish these things for you. Taking none of the glory, none of the honor, Lord, but lifting your name up high. Lord, we thank you in advance for these testimonies. Lord, we pray all this for your blessed holy name. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.